Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 401. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast, and it's the only official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my effervescent and gorgeous, gorgeous young <laughs> host, Jeff the Riz. Riz, how you doing, buddy? It is good to be with you. You know, it's episode 401. I feel like I should have a 401k, but that would require me actually being like employed by somebody officially <laughs> instead of just a contract worker. Oh, shit. Do I so, money? Uh, oh, no, not yet. Okay, cool. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. <sighs> the, the, the checks are clearing, but I, I tell you what, man, it's tax season. And uh, tax season for those of us who draw independent contractor paychecks from up to seven different sources, it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So a lot of stuff coming into the chat already. Questions about Malik Willis. Questions about Baker Mayfield. Worry not, my friends. We shall cover. We, we, will, we, will, we will talk about that that madness. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. We got Micro Mike in the chat. What's up, brother? When you guys get done here or in another window, you know, go ahead and head over to Lions Talk with Micro Mike. Give him a sub. He's, he's a super guy. He's uh, he's working with us. Love him to death. Uh, we're doing some uh, some co-op stuff coming up here real shortly. If Once life gets a little calmer. But uh, love that guy. He's a good guy. He's got some really good content. So check it out. guys. All right. I've uh, got a great show today. Costs of a wide receiver. Boy, did that, that number blew up this year. And today... That number silly. blew up today. That's <laughs> silly. We'll talk about that. Uh, a couple free agency signings, a little bit of free agency action. It's almost as good as the hot rear action. Malik Willis talk. Russell Brown is going to join us from Woodward Sports. We got that and a whole lot more great show lined up. Riz, I don't know. You ready to go, brother? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Right. Ooh, yeah. Um, I think this is probably a good one to start with a chat. JJ E in the chat. DJ Shark and Josh Reynolds were bargains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Holy cow, ladies and gentlemen. Tyree Kill traded from Kansas City today. If you haven't heard, and if you had, it's still worth going over this again. Yeah. The haul for him that Casey got, you know, and, and they're not lacking talent. We'll just start there, right? They got this year in 2022 a first a second, a fourth. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's that's good. No, no, next year, they got a fourth and a sixth. This is a team that is going to have an embarrassment of riches in the talent department, but this is crazy. I, I love, I, we'll, we'll editorialize real quickly here. I love this move for Kansas City. Oh. They have to cut salary. They can't keep paying all these guys while they're paying Mahomes you know, half a billion dollars. So you do that by prioritizing who you can replace and who you can't. What do you do? You load up on on controlled costs, first, second, third round picks. They have five in the top 100 this year. They're going to be able to replace Tyreek Hill with a guy like like Calvin Austin 
Is he that? Is he that guy? No, but is he close enough that he can work in their offense? Yeah, they still have Nicole Hardman. They, they've got, they've got some. Now they, they did lose yeah. Byron Pringle. They did lose Demarcus Robinson, but they've got the ability to reload. And look, what's this class really good in? Wide receivers. Where do they have a lot of picks? Right where the wide receivers are going to go. Yeah, that's that's not an accident. What they've done, and I love the fact that they're unloading Hill while he's still high enough to get that kind of value. But you can see, like. He wasn't as quite as good last year, and may, maybe they understand that. And, Chris, this is something that you and I have talked about in the past a lot. It's something that I espouse yearly. Be wary when a good team gives up a player. They know uh-huh. why they're doing it. And, like, I, I don't want to criticize Miami for doing this too much, although it's a very weird fit when you have the quarterback with the worst arm in the NFL and you keep getting him all these speedy downfield receivers. I don't get that, but they're trying. They're, they're trying to make a splash. Um, for those of us in Lions land who wish that the Lions would make a splash, maybe this is a little bit of a cautionary tale of like, maybe, maybe step back a little bit and, you know, evaluate what you are and understand what you are. Cause I don't think Miami does that. And that's one thing that I do think, I think the Detroit Lions have a very good idea of what the Detroit Lions are and want to be. Here's, here's the big problem for Miami, right? And, 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 and I get what they're doing. This is, I do too. this is the move that says we are now going to know what we have in Tua. The downside yes. is, yes. is if we don't like what we have in Tua, we can't do anything about it. <laughs> We're going to have to trade for Baker Mayfield next year. <laughs> they are cooked. I mean, they've got nothing to get anybody next year as far as draft picks. They're going to be in a, in a, in a really, really tough spot. Um, I mean, it's it's just going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be hard for them to to fix this if this doesn't go well. Tua had best be their guy, and I think yeah. the, what they've surrounded him. With talent, they have made everything. They put everything in place. Uh, look, getting Taron Armstead as their left—that's that, a brilliant move. Oh yeah, love that. Oh, yeah. Love that. They are all in on Tua, and yep. Tua now needs to perform. And if he does, it'll be brilliant. It'll, they'll be looked at as this is one of those brilliant moves. If it doesn't work, though, man, Chris Chris Gear is never working again if it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Oof, <laughs> oof. So you, again, you go back to Josh Reynolds. You go to Shark and Shark, <laughs> and you say, you know what? We did all right. I'm 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 thinking about you know Allen Robinson wasn't that that expensive in the end when you think about how much he was, but by the same token, I, I think we can get something younger and longer in the draft that's going to be in that in that range of what we're looking for, and that's if DJ Chark doesn't show up, right? I mean, that's if he gets injured. I I I feel like we're in, in some pretty good space here with this team. Um, as long as they get one, they have yeah, to get yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope that signing DJ Shark and bringing back Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds to lesser extent, although I think Josh is a long-term building piece, you can't yeah. like ignore wide receiver because you've done these guys. Right. And that, that, that's my worry is that they think that they're done. And we'll, we'll find out. We, we don't know. We'll find out in, what is it, seven weeks till the draft? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And boys, we and girls, we have a march to the draft. We have so much going on. We've got uh, Russell Brown joining us today, Woodward Sports, CBS Radio, all kinds of credentials. He's a draft guy, super draft guy. He's going to come on. Really good talk. dude. Yeah, really good Great guy. guy. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to start putting some pieces together. We've got Emery Hunt coming in two weeks where we're going to yes. go deep. What's what's uh, help me out? I forgot off the top of my head the name of his his publication he does every year. He is Mr. Football Game Plan. He does yes, his yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. yeah. Check out his YouTube stuff. If you ever turn on CBS Sports Network, 
chances are you're going to see his smiling face on it and he belongs there. Yeah, He's yeah. really, really good. Yep. Um, my, 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 Perennial partner at the Shrine Bowl um, back yeah. when I was in St. Pete. Sat next to him every year for close to a decade. Um, one of my best friends in the business. He wanted to come on. Uh, Try to get him this week. His draft guide is actually coming out next Wednesday. Yeah. We can't do next Wednesday um, based on some logistical issues. So he's going to come on the week after that. So uh, Emery will be with us in two weeks then. Um, we will not have a we will not have a guest next week because you're going to be operating in uh, in transit. Yes. But, uh, yes. But we'll, we'll have some fun with it. Um, I also I have, and Chris doesn't even know this. I'll break this to Chris now. <laughs> I have a uh, an upcoming little YouTube short clip that he's going to produce um, over the weekend. It's going to talk about a couple of things, uh, and I, I'll, I'll just tease at it. Um, it's the the working title of it is the illusion of smoke. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. That is interesting. I'll, uh, I'll check that out. Yeah, I've, I've written it out. I, I rehearsed it in the shower today, as I do most things. And uh, that's uh, it, it, it sounded really good. I, I wish that somebody would have heard it. I wish wish my wife would have been in the shower with me to hear it, but she, she wasn't. So I, I would hope you would be talking about something else if she was in the shower to hear it. That's just my hopes for you, young fella. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, no. Uh, football game plan. Check out his draft guide. It is awesome, 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 awesome stuff. Emery is great. We'll have some other people coming in. We're going to be doing some. I think we're going to have instead of one mock draft show. Usually we have Schlitt and uh, Scott Bischoff, yeah, Bischoff and Riz, and we're going to have Colin in this year as well. I think we're going to do like a second show uh, with more people. First round draft, go all in, talk about why, who, what, where, the whole thing, and walk through the whole thing. It's a, people love that show. We're going to do, I think, two of them this year because they're just so good. And I, I enjoy the heck out of them. Yeah. So uh, keep uh, keep that. We got that going down to the March of the Draft. And then on Draft Day or Draft Days. And, uh, days. Plural. There's three of them. Without a Z. We're doing two. We're doing rounds <laughs> one through three live shows, draft party. And it's always a great time. It always every day ends with people betting money on super chat for me to pound Jaeger. And I don't think that's going to change this year. <laughs> oh, stay away from the Jaeger, baby. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We love doing the draft show. And uh, this year, the first round is going to be fire for the Lions. Second round, too. Yeah. It's just going to be awesome. Yep. That's, uh, uh, I will be in when I can. Um, as you know, Chris, and as, as longtime um, watchers of this pod and followers of me know, it's my busiest day of the year. I will write between 40 and 60 things over draft weekend, and they are time sensitive. So I do have to, you know, USA Today does pay the bills. I got to respect that. So I go with yeah. them. And Real GM also uh, pays quite a few bills. So I got to gotta give them some love, too. So, uh you know, I, I a lot of the time I will be writing, but when I'm not, I will poke my head in, and if, or if I have something like really prescient or awesome to say, I will I will drop it. Cool, cool, cool. So look at that. We also got a lot of videos coming from Colin. If you've seen his breakdowns, linebackers are coming up on Friday. He's, Wide receivers was great, dude. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I really love what he's doing. He's got some good stuff. He's put some more. I think I think we've got two of those a week through the draft now. Uh, coming coming at you guys. So we've got a lot of really good content coming for you. And I think you guys love it. Like Mike or Mike says, make sure to subscribe to the Joy Lions podcast. Yes. Do that. Yes, do please. that right there. Uh, we appreciate when you do that. Also hit the like and uh, hit the bell. Those things help us. The algorithm is the big thing where you're wrestling with. You know, you guys have heard it on other YouTube channels. Your, your action really does help us. So we appreciate all you do. Thank you, everyone who does hit those buttons for us. All right. Another uh, piece of this one, uh, it's got me waffling, my friend. It's got me waffling. 
Um, Justin, thank you, sir. Appreciate the super chat, man. That is really awesome. Cool. Um, let's see. Thanks for everything you guys do. Best Lions podcast out there. Trusting in homes that make the right moves come draft time. Me too, Justin. Me too. Um, this That's is gonna be this is gonna be a telling year. <laughs> this is gonna be a telling year for us on what happens and what uh, what we have in Brad Holmes. I think after year one, what we uh, the circumstances this team went through and um, how the players held on to the very end and the guys that resigned, I, I think that. I, I'm in on Dan Campbell when he took over the play calling, the changes in the in the in the in the team. When we got a wide receiver, how well uh, Jared Goff played. J- Dan Campbell can make this team work. Dan Campbell can get us a will- winning team. The next question is: Is can Brad Holmes get us the talent? And I think by May first, May second, we're going to have a really good idea if he can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I'm, I remain critical of some of the dis- some of the re-signing decisions that they've made. Notably at quarterback, where there you can't tell me there was another team in the league that was going to sign either Tim Boyle or David Blau before the draft. It yeah. wasn't going to happen. No, I, I, I look. I'll, I'll jump off that because I'm trying to be happy now. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, the quarterback, I, 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 I'm with you on on the. I trust Dan Campbell more than I trust Brad Holmes at this point. <laughs> And that's subject to change, but right now I look, and, and it's not that I dislike Holmes. It's not that I think that I like, and, and I'll go to what she. We, we should talk a little bit about Sheila and what she did in her video with Danny Rogers. What are we doing, buddy? Um, she, I thought she projected the unified front that you want to see. She is clearly cut from, to use their words, cut from the same cloth that they are in terms of competitive vision and how they want to mold the team. I love the fact that she said, I will not meddle, but I will offer input. I thought that was a very telling sentence for, for her. (laughs) Chris is, Woo! The vapors. Um, I I was very pleased with her tone and how relaxed she was at it. And uh, once again, you can't tell me that woman's seventy years old. Holy crow, man! No, no, sweet, sweet woman. Yeah, There's- I was I, I was very pleased with it, and it speaks to that they have a vision and they're sticking to it. And she's happy that there's she's not pressuring them to go out and make moves for Tyreek Hill and things like that. And while I remain frustrated at times with some of the moves that they have and have not made, I also really appreciate that they're not making moves that are that risky and potentially like franchise altering in a negative impact. They haven't done that at all. Yeah. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. And she seems happy about that too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> D thank you so much for the super chat. Really, really appreciate that. That's uh, very kind of you. Um, love, love that and love your, your help and all that stuff. So thank you for the super chat. I will go back to quick. Uh, Sheila, I, I agree. I like it. Sh- I like the shared vision. I love the belief in what they're each other's doing. I think Brad Holmes has the right people around him as he has not given me a reason not to have faith in him. The quarterback right. thing. I, I, I get where you're at. I get where you're at. The rest of the signings. And I know people were really, I think, and there's a lot of, that kind of I've been here with the Lions before kind of thing that kind of clouds the vision sometimes. And I know there are people, others, you know, oh, it's a Kool-Aid drink. It's happy. Well, there's it's a new regime. They've only been here a year. OK. And the fact that these guys came back on good deals that are literally no risk to the team. Any one of these guys that came back, we can cut any one of them. That's, a, that's a saving grace. Yeah. With Definitely. no problem. That means you are at least better than you or as good as you were. 
and you can get better without having a negative effect on your cap and everything else. That's the thing that Bob Quinn never could do. He would create holes and then fill them in with a quarter of the amount of dirt that the hole that he was that he dug and continually made the roster worse through his terrible cuts and, and fills. It was right. It was and, and it was going, it was putting too much risk on guys like Jesse James and Chase mm-hmm. Daniel and, and even Trey flowers to that matter. Although I think Trey, I think I, I still believe Trey flowers would have worked out had he not gotten hurt. Um, yeah. and, and you know, I, I wish that guy nothing but the best. I, I really liked him. Um, I think he's going to land on his feet somewhere, but yeah, the, the, there was too much of the, we're putting all of our eggs here and when the eggs break, they didn't, they didn't have anywhere to catch the yolks or make it into some sweet bread or anything. They just let it, oh, it's on the floor? Oh, crap. Somebody's got to clean that up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and, and so we got a question. Let's see. Um, are you worried, worried Holmes put all his eggs in the Jared Goff basket? Those two seem tight. He made a trade because he wanted Goff here, unlike what Florio reported, reported that he was a throw-in. Let me kind of – I'm going to go on that, Jeff, and then I'll hand it to you, and you can go for Good. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Goff was a throw-in. I think Goff was the best quarterback available at the time. And even now, you look around at the guys moving around the league, we're still probably somewhere from 12 to 16 or 17 at quarterback in the league. He's If he's got the right people around him, he's great. Matthew Stafford, and, and this is one people he really rubs people the wrong way, but he didn't win a single playoff game until he got surrounded by good players, right? Well, you, you can't expect somebody. He else. also didn't win some surrounded by good players in Detroit. That's, that's and that, those are the years I'm talking about. Not ripping on staff. I'm just telling you, it makes a difference who's surrounding the player. We have direct evidence of that right now. What we saw from Jared Goff was not what Jared Goff could be last year. We saw towards the end of the year with some mediocre players, some pretty good play out of him. I think that play can elevate this year and continue to elevate if we can get the right players around him. Hence what you said about um about getting the wide receivers in the draft, actually grabbing them there. The other piece was it, we. I want. I always go for this, and, and and JJ, I'm not not trying to bust your balls here, right? I do this to anyone who mentions it, though. We didn't do a trade. We, I mean, we were forced into a trade. Matthew Stafford left the team. He said, "I do not want to play here any longer." If you look at what's happened with some of these other teams in that situation, right? It's been an absolute crap show, right? It's been a dump. Cleveland! Hello, Cleveland! (laughs) We were able to navigate those waters, put Stafford in a place that's good for him, honor the history we've had with him, not turn it into a Barry or a a Calvin situation, right? Turn it into something good. And uh, we get a quarterback that's pretty darn good, really, if he's got people around him. He didn't have the players around him last year. This year it's going to be better. There's a lot of building that's going on. We'll see how that goes. I, I, that's my take on where we are, but I always want to make sure I call out. We didn't trade him, and this is the thing. I'm going to say this, and this is going to make some people mad, but Stafford gave up on Detroit. I don't necessarily blame him for doing it, but he gave up on Detroit, and that's kind of where was, I'm at with him. He was done being part of the Lions. He wanted to see if he could do it somewhere else, and and I don't blame him. I don't think anybody can really blame him. Look at where that team was at. Look at where the management was at. Like we look at it now through a bit bit of a refreshed prism because we have some optimism. We have some hope. But at that time, he had no coach. He had no GM. He just it was it was dark, man. (laughs) He'd just gone through. And keep in mind, he was coming off of back injuries, plural, two broken backs, separate seasons, separate injuries, separate related. He wasn't sure how much time he had left. He didn't want to devote it to a rebuild. Um, If they asked him if he wanted to 
to, you know, be part of, you know, grooming your eventual successor. He basically gave them the middle finger and told them to get in the hell out of town. <laughs> and again, I don't fault him for that. I think it was a smart move on his part. It clearly worked out for him. Yeah. I I don't hold that against him. Like the the whole the like there's a lot of people that are upset about the AT&T ad with Lily where he's like making the, the illusions. I think it's brilliant. Like detach yourself a little bit from he's not a Detroit Lion anymore. You've got to get past that. Like I, I went through that with LeBron James and because I as you know, I'm a massive Cleveland Cavaliers fan. And I had to get over the fact that LeBron wasn't there anymore. Like you couldn't judge the guys that were on the team anymore in reference to LeBron. You couldn't, you couldn't keep hating on him. And then he came back. It was like, oh, now, now all that bad crap that I said about him while he was a man. You know, shut that up. <laughs> um, and, and notice that. No, see, Clevelanders learned now because LeBron's going to be free next year. Most people in Cleveland think he's going back, and they're very careful not to criticize him at all, and because they learned the lesson that way. I think I think Detroiters have to learn that lesson, and I don't think that's been because no player of prominence has ever left and really become the the cornerstone of a championship, um, other than maybe Justin Verlander, where you have to uh, you have to come to that process. And I don't think that Detroiters are there with Stafford yet. And I'm telling you all, you all got to get over that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, it's Blue been a Jay. long time. Dude, thank you, Blue Jay. Donating to the 4K upgrade. Best lion show on the planet. Thanks Sweet. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Yes. Make me look better so my hair doesn't look so terrible. That's why I'm wearing a hat tonight. We're working on a, an upgrade to do 4K quality for the stream. Uh, we're pushing all this, this super chat. <laughs> my son just gave me a look like, Dad, <laughs> won't just shut up. <laughs> Using the super chat to push that, it's a it's a pretty expensive proposition. It's over 3K. And um, we appreciate all those folks that are super chatting. Help us get there. Thank you, Detroit Blue Jay. You will rock and you roll, brother. Yes. Thank you for that. All right. Um. So, yeah, Stafford, again, Stafford gave up on Detroit, left Detroit, and I mean that in the nicest way possible, right? I mean, that's the only way to say it because that's basically what happened. And he, yep. he, he don't blame him for it. Um, nope. Really quick, let's get into the um, quick question we had here from Panda Mine, who came in with a super chat. Thank you, Panda. We need linebackers. Who would you like us to get you? and would be available? I'll try to say that word again. Available, available. after pick two. <laughs> Oh, there's there's a plethora of them. Damone Clark, sixty six. You can get me. You can get me. Um, Channing Tindall at sixty six. Great with that from Georgia. Um, he's a perfect fit. You can get me Troy Anderson from Montana State at probably have to get him at thirty four. I don't think he's going to be around at sixty six, but that's that's worthwhile. Um, the all of these guys are significantly better athletes than the players, plural, that they would be replacing in Detroit. And they also, it, it's a phenomenal linebacker, off-ball linebacker yeah. class. There are guys on day three who will be good NFL starters right away in this draft. Yep. There's also a lot of really good ones still out there in free agency. Like, And, and one of the reasons why is because nobody's buying these guys right now because they know, oh, this draft class is loaded. Why should I spend X amount of money on this guy when I can draft a guy who's might be better than him right away yep. for cheaper, like in the fourth round? Like that that that's exactly what's going on. The, the market is oversaturated with really good linebackers. It's another reason why I wasn't crazy about them rushing out and signing Alex Anzalone when there's so many other good guys who've proven that they're better than him out there. Anzalone. Anzalone. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> we, we need some like, we need some we need some Glenn Danzig background music because that's his actual last name too. I uh, 
I, I'm very thrilled with the linebackers. Like uh, any of the Georgia guys, honestly. Although I, I don't think Nicobe Dean is a great fit for what Detroit's going to run. Although it's better that they're going to have a four man line in front of him. But uh, the way that the way that that I envision and the way that it's been explained to me by people who are on the coaching staff that they're going to use their linebackers. He's a little small and a little um, like and I'm trying to think of they're like a dart fish. Like he he's he's into a hole like like that, and you kind of need a guy who's like and eh, and then strikes. Like he's not like 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 that. You know, sound effects for <laughs> visual effects for all the people that are watching on YouTube. Um, I won't give any sound effects because that's that's just weird. that's my job. But I don't know if I have one. He, I got this. He's a. It's not a dark fish. He's he's a guy who's not going to always take the most direct route from point A to point B if there's somebody in the way. Right. And that is not going to work as well as what somebody who doesn't care. Like I might have to blast through this guy. That's okay. Um, Quay Quay Walker, his uh, teammate at Georgia, can do that. Uh, there's a lot of guys that can do that. There's there's a free agent out there, Nick Kwiatkowski, who played for yep. the Bears for a while, played for the Raiders. He can do that really, really well. Really good players. Uh, I am not at all worried about it. They, I would like them to draft one, and I would also like them to sign another one. Although Josh Woods uh, and uh, uh, who they signed? What's his name? Um, from the Ravens and Chris Board. Chris Board. I was going to talk about Chris that. Board. Chris Board played well for Baltimore. In, so the Ravens last year, we talked about this a little bit last week. When we were talking about them signing uh, uh, Marcus Williams. Their their defensive injuries last year were brutal. And they had to play like Detroit did a lot of young guys and play a lot of guys who weren't expected to get a lot of reps in their base defense. He was one of them, and he did pretty darn well. Like he was the guy. He was a special teams guy. He was he was their Jalen Reese Maven, and he proved that he can be more than that. Can I, to them. Can I talk about him a little bit really quick? Yeah, please uh, do. Sign him from Baltimore, one-year deal, $2 million, 600000 guaranteed. If yep. I go to PFF and I look at the stack of linebackers we have on the team right now, he is the highest-ranked linebacker on the team at 49th of 87. Alex Encelone at 79th and Derek yeah. Barnes at 85th. 80, oh, I thought it was 86. Must we, be 85. Moving okay. on up, baby. It's the Jeffersons here. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you look. We just signed Chris Board as a. Oh yeah, he's a he's a good Jalen Reeves Maven. He's the best linebacker, he's, the best he, rated linebacker on your roster according to PFF. Uh, and also, don't forget Sean Dion Hamilton. I will refuse to let that that guy was good last year until he got hurt, and the coaching staff knew it. He's unrated <laughs> as of right now because he was out last year. Yeah, he didn't play. <laughs> yep, yep. So I'm I'm interested in this, and that's one of the things I was going to talk about. Riz, this is this is when we're going to watch this year. We're gonna we're gonna have that boat horn ready for Riz's right. I hope on uh, Sean. Dion I hope Hamilton. so. I like that guy. Yeah. He played well for Washington in, in limited duty back when they were the, still the football team. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, hey, Jeffrey and Tina K9. How you doing? Thank you for being great members and joining us on the show today. Um, let's see. I want to talk about uh, the other signing we had, a guy named Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes. Quarterback from KC. Um, didn't cost us nearly what Tyreek Hill cost Miami because we're better negotiators. <laughs> Uh, he comes in three and a half million dollars. Might, might be a slightly different caliber of player too, Chris. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> let me let me go to my PFF rankings again. Positional uh, rank. PFF likes him a lot. <laughs> they have him ranked 18th of 116. Our next highest. Pay attention here, folks. Our next highest is Jerry Jacobs at 47. Yeah. 
Jerry Jacobs. I just want to. I'm going to do a little preview. I'm not going to say anything about it. But people that watch us, you get to you get to see a little something, something. A little bit of. Well, let me get it up. Seatbelt gang action. <gasps> Stay tuned, seatbelt gang. All right, yeah. Uh, Jerry Jacobs was just ranked really, really high. It's going to be so cool. Um, over everybody else. <laughs> over everybody else. I couldn't believe it. I mean, Will Harris came in ahead of AJ Parker. So some of these rankings, you're like, huh? Right? But um, you look at these rankings, so, you see what's there. Again, we just signed two guys that you're like, ah, oh, middle in quality. The top PFF ranked guys on the roster right now. And they're young. Hughes, former first-round pick of the Vikings, they played him inside. He didn't play well inside. He played outside almost exclusively in Kansas City, and they found something. It's interesting because where does Detroit really need help at cornerback is kind of inside. But, you know, with Okuda and Jacobs with their – Questionable injury status coming back. You can't hit. You can never have too many outside yeah. corners. Right. And I will note that you did not mention Amani Orowarie and where he ranked in the PFF things. I will tell you that his coverage grade was probably a lot better than his tackling grade and run defense grades yep. were, yep. and that probably yep. weighed him down quite a bit. Yep. Um, that's seventy nine. That, that's yeah. That, that's he part of the whole package that you get. So. Yeah. Yep. And and I like Orowarie. I lo- and I can say his name is decent now, so it's, it's even better. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving on us. So there you go. I see um, DZ. I don't think Goff is a Super Bowl kind of guy. He was at the Super Bowl once. He did go there one time, so he is a Super Bowl. Yeah, there guy. once. Um, we're not a Super Bowl kind of team. But here's the thing with Jared Goff playing, and this is going to lead into the next thing, and I have a feeling I'm going to send Riz on a rant here. But um, oh, crap. Jared Goff, he plays this year. He does well. You, you don't need to have drafted a quarterback. He doesn't play well. You're perfectly lined up to draft a quarterback. <laughs> it's really uh, yeah, but the next year's quarterback up. class outside of CJ Stroud stinks. It's worse than this oh, year's. I've seen some people saying otherwise, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Right. It's yeah, hard to see. Right I saw I, th- I saw people right th- think that Zach Wilson was really good last year. How's that treating you yeah, now? Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see how things are. It's hard to tell right now. It's always so far up in the air to to kind of make something that you know make a call on something like that. But um, Jared Goff, we'll see. It is. It's, we'll see what he is. And I would rather we're, – we're not a Super Bowl team right now. And I would rather That's see correct. Jared Goff just be the bridge to get a team built and then get your quarterback. If we look at what, um, what, what the Rams did – and I mean, Colts with did. golf as the bridge to getting the team. Look at what the Chiefs did the Chiefs with Alex did. Smith until they got Patrick Mahomes. It's, that's that's a great analogy. For it's it. really something to go out and watch somebody else develop a quarterback, take the risk at, 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 uh, at drafting a quarterback, let them run them up, see what you got, and then sign them away for big money once you're once you've built your team. That seems to be the MO right now rather than dra- yeah. other than Burrow. Other than Burrow, you gotta give him credit for, for coming and did what he did, but they don't have this, a team. This, and that's why they played dude, like this offseason has opened up everybody's eyes. Oh my God, you could trade for a good quarterback. Like I can get Russell Wilson. You're telling me I can get Russell Wilson? Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Like I, I, I can get well Carson Carson Wentz probably isn't a very good example because no, he's terrible. not as good as he's Jared Goff, but <laughs> With the codes. <laughs> I can I can get Matthew Stafford in a trade? Really? I can get Deshaun Watson in a trade? I can go out right now and get Baker Mayfield for a sixth round pick if I want to? I can get that? Why like, be the team to develop somebody and have them go somewhere else to win? Why not build your team up and get the talent and then steal a quarterback tomorrow? Let me ask you this. Do you think Russell Wilson, had he gone a year earlier to and, and he went to the Rams instead of Stafford, do you think he would have won the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I think you would have. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, so moving on. And, yeah, Alex Smith played well in one playoff games, too, as well. That's absolutely true. He so. did. He did. Um, that leads us in, then, to the talk about Malik Willis. And, Riz, I want you to talk about Malik Willis, too, because you've got a pretty pointed view on him, and I and I, I just I, I want to give you the, the megaphone so, to scream for um, It was brought up to me on, on Twitter today, Um because he had his pro day yesterday, and it was uh, the reactions to it were the coronation of a new king, and you know Simba, you know, being held up there. And I honestly think that most people who are doing that have never watched him play, or have only watched highlight reels, because uh, his highlight reels are great; they're brilliant. But his overall play. Like, if, if you were just grading their tape on what they've done and not necessarily what, what, what they could be in the future, but based on just what they did in college, he's not a top 400 prospect in this class. He's not. The tape is not there. You are risking everything on the athletic traits that that young man has and the, the leadership, the charisma that he has. And I will not deny any bit of that. He's, he's, he's a very well-built guy. He's a little shorter than you want, but good enough. Tremendous athlete. Seems like he's a very durable guy. Um, sturdy, sturdily built. Like I'm I'm not worried about injuries with him the way I am with Tua or the way I am with, with Bryce Young next year at 180 pounds. Um, get get that mess out of here. Uh, (laughs) Come on. You're going to draft a 5'10", 180 pound quarterback in the NFL now. Really? After Kyler Murray, who weighs 35 pounds more than that? No. Give me, get, get that mess out of here. Uh, but I digress. But Willis, he, he's got the great arm. We saw it firsthand, Chris. We saw it in Mobile. Yeah, yeah. He has a, an absolute cannon. He's got, he's got the ability to see the field and, and open up the field with, with his legs. He can make the, make it that first rusher miss. And then he stresses the linebackers and safety. He says, Oh crap, he might run and he's faster than me and I can't catch him. And that, that's, that's very intriguing, but you don't win in the NFL unless you can also throw the ball. Yep. Lamar Jackson has proven this very well. The Ravens got good only when he proved that he could also throw the ball really well. And they actually went too far in the other direction and are asking him to throw too much now and got him away from the running. Yeah. But th- that, that's the lesson that they're learning. They, they're but, finding the injuries and they're, they're getting right. shy. Let me tell right. you, though, here's, I'm going to make a prediction really quick. And I'll let you, I just want to jump in with this prediction because it's, it's a little bit controversial, I'm sure. If wherever Malik Willis lands and if he starts and plays a significant amount of, of games this season, I predict he will lead the league in interceptions because he is, he's got a great arm, but man, when he misses, he misses big and it's just not consistent, period. And in the NFL, it's going to be even harder. I think all kinds of balls are going the other way when he starts throwing. Well, he did lead the, the NF, he led all of college football last year in interceptions on throws that were more than 15 yards down the field. And a lot of that is the fact that he doesn't read defenses. That doesn't mean he can't. It means that he hasn't. And that's a skill that's very Great difficult point. to develop at the next level. And the, my player comp for him, and I let this go on Twitter today, I was actually writing this out, <laughs> is Jake Locker, who was once a phenomenal athlete, great athlete, probably wasn't as top-end fast as what Malik Willis is, although Malik won't run for us because he doesn't want to show that off. But um, certainly not. he's certainly not lacking speed. But Jake Locker was a phenomenal athlete, 
what great, great locker room guy. If you remember him at Washington, magnanimous leader. Everybody loved this guy. Everybody loved him at the senior bowl. He had two big issues when he came out of Washington. He couldn't throw an anticipatory throw. He had to see the receiver open before he threw it. If you watch Malik Willis for even two drives, you will see that exact problem. And that's not an easy one to fix. The other one with Locker, he took, he, he, he didn't elevate the play of those around him the way you would expect of a guy with that athletic ability. Right. He, and the, I, I don't want to put that on Malik Willis because we haven't seen that yet, but you're asking a whole heck of a lot for a risk for a guy who hasn't like this guy, like he wasn't playing against, you know, he wasn't playing against Alabama. He wasn't playing against, <laughs> like he played against Mississippi, which was an right. okay team. Right. Right. He got lit up by army, like name an army defender in the last decade. Like you can't like Louisiana Monroe. He was brutal. Middle Tennessee state. Like they had a good defense, and they have they have a safety in Reed Blankenship who deserves to get drafted in the middle rounds, and I love him in Detroit. But you're not talking about like like he's not playing the Chicago Bears here. He's not he's not playing he's not playing with Jair Alexander and and uh, the, the other corners uh, uh, Rasul Douglas that they just brought back in Green Bay. Like those guys are salivating at the thought of of beating him into something, and he's proven that he can he will do that. Remember at the Senior Bowl, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote Joe Marino from the Draft Network on it, Malik Willis was responsible for the best throws and the worst throws every day in Mobile. And that's that's undeniably true statement. And for him to learn on the job like that, I, I don't want that in Detroit. I, 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 I do like the guy, and I do like his potential. And I've said, even though he is certainly not the best quarterback now, if you're looking for a guy who could eventually be better than Jared Goff, he is your best bet in this draft. That there's there's no denying that. But the, the you're betting on a whole lot of things going right, all right, yeah. very quickly for that to happen. And I'm not in that risk business. Yeah. Um, I, I saw I saw it with Jake Locker, and I'm not I'm not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Saw it with Deshaun Kaiser coming out of. So let me ask. Coming out of Notre Dame with with very similar problems too. Let me ask you this: Do you take him at 32? Oh yeah, absolutely. If he's there, yeah. He, 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 the, the way that I Mike Tomlin looked at him is the way that that Roseanne Barr looks at a sandwich, man. <laughs> he, she, he ain't passing that. Well, no, see, not a, the, not a chance in the world. <laughs> this is why I, I asked that question because it's a little bit of a trap. If Tomlin doesn't take him, and many of the other people don't take him, and he falls to thirty-two, I'm wondering what's wrong with Malik Willis at that point. There's something that's not out there. Yeah. If there's a tonsil tape or something else, that, that something something. Well, is well up, so right? he hinted at this in his combine interview. Somebody asked him, "When did you realize that the NFL was going to be like a, a viable path for you?" It's like when I started not playing bad, like he knew that he wasn't good. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I loved, I loved the candid answer and, and yeah. how refreshing he was at like, Great yeah, point. I wasn't very good. Like when I was at Auburn, I sucked, man. I deserved to be benched. I deserved to get my ass out of there. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's how he, that's exactly what he meant. Yep. I like his self-awareness on that. I love, I love the fact and the pro days are by and large completely worthless. But one of the things that he said afterwards was, he was more upset about the plays that he missed than the than the than the the glory that was being bestowed upon him. I like that a lot. Yep. That that shows that there's drive there. Yep. That you know, 
and, and I don't think it's lip service with him. I, I don't think he's, you know, playing the game. I think that's him. I think that's who he really is. Yeah. And and I like that. And I like I would bet on that at 32, but at two, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I don't even think he's going to get to Pittsburgh. Um, there's a lot, a lot of very recent developments who think that uh, he's going to Seattle. Yeah. And it might not be at nine. It might be. Going up. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, uh, really quick one. Raman, Raman, the new age. Sorry, lines don't have a history of being able to build draft or build a team. You know, that, that's that's kind of true. You can go back to 58. But, I mean, before this year, Stafford didn't have a history of winning Super Bowls. The Bengals don't have a history of winning Super Bowls. So, they count them out. Count them straight out. That's the one thing that bothers me because this is truly a different – yeah, we got Jeffrey and Tina with it. It's a different Lions org than we've seen before. This front office is different. The William Clay Ford thing is gone. The Matt Millen thing is gone. Will it work? We don't know. But it Please is take the Dan WCF off the, yeah, off the yeah. sleeve. It is absolutely different than anything we've seen before. And frankly, I think this group has the best chance in my life other than the Wayne Fonts years, I'll have to say Wayne Fonts, his teams were just, they're a quarterback away, man. He's, he said it himself. But other than those years, this so is the son of Herman and Lomas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they knew it. <laughs> Lomas tried to kill him so they could get one. Uh, <laughs> but the it's a uh, true story. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, the the difference is this team. This is the best we've had in a long time. So I'm willing. I mean, they're giving them six years because they know that this is a bottom up rebuild. There's a lot of work that goes into this. It's yeah. not that they're not trying to win, but I think they're building it more for a long term rather than a quick splash and drop out. And I, I'm I'm down with that. I've waited 157 thousand years already. I'm I'm fine waiting an extra two. If it takes, you know, if it's what it takes to figure out golf and to get players around the team where we can pick up a guy to push us over the top, I'm okay. I'm okay with waiting two years. If it fails again, I'm going to be heartbroken and I'm going to be angry. I'll tell you straight up. But I, I don't know, who, like in this offseason, who are you going to hire? I'm going to fire him. I'm going to fire Holmes and I'm going to fire Campbell. Who are you going to bring in? Right. And it's easy to stand there and say, the Lions stink. To heck with this team. Uh, you know, they can't do anything. But what would you do different? You know, and most people don't have. An answer to that. Well, that's not my job. Well, yeah, okay. So it's easy to it's always easy to criticize. It's so so difficult to create. There we go. Okay, it is. I've got Russell on the line. We talked to him. Good um, deal. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Don Burr, exactly. If Willis is around thirty-two, I'd probably pass. It would scare me because why would he be there? How did he get to thirty-two? That was kind of ah. Oh, that, that's that's what we were just talking about with Tyreek Hill being given up by the Chiefs. Like that's a really good team giving up a player that seems like a very key piece to them. Why? Ask yourself why. Don't be like, oh, give me, give me, give me. Like, why, why don't they want him anymore? That's the question you need to ask yourself. If no one wants Malik by 32. That's my thing. I don't – I'm worried. It, it was like, um, what's his face who fell last year? Uh, Fields. Why has he fallen? What happened? What don't we know? He only fell to, what, 11? Yeah, but that's still right. – he should have gone yeah. like four or five, right? That was that was nutty how watching him. He should have gone seven, but I digress. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's bring Russell in. You good? We can talk about this other stuff after after yeah. talk to Russell. All right, let's bring in Russell Brown from Woodward Sports. Russell, how you doing, brother? What's up, fellas? There he hey, is. hey, there we go. How you doing, Russ? How, how you doing, man? Just I, I'm doing well. How are you guys? We are great. Wait, it's good to see you. We, we haven't seen you in, in a good two months since we were together in, in Mobile. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to see you guys. How's how's everything going? And uh, how's how's the show? What, what have I missed? 
Oh, we're just we're just we're talking about um, a lot of different things, but uh, <laughs> you know, you, you since you are a Detroit guy, you, you'll get involved. Um, but first off, your title, your it says Woodward Sports right there. Tell everybody why it says that because I'm very excited for you, and it's really cool. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, that, thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's all kind of uh, I don't know. It's all kind of happened pretty quick over the last couple of weeks, but. Uh, you know, long story out of it is, you know, when I was 16, I went to Michigan camp and I saw Jake Long and I was like, well, I'm never playing college football. So I was like, I, I need to do something else in the, the realm of football and sports media and everything. So radio was my thing that I wanted to do. Had a kid at 18, took care of him, put my you know dreams and aspirations on the back burner and just have been kind of chipping away, chipping away. And, um, you know, here we are, Woodward Sports contacted me. Um, as everybody knows, or maybe they don't know, but they're kind of like a Detroit sports digital media company that mm-hmm. focuses on radio and video. And uh, they do some stuff on some FM stations out this way. And everything's up on YouTube as well. And uh, they reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be an NFL draft, draft analyst for them and, and as well as uh, work uh, with the podcast with Scott Bischoff. So love Scott, love the work he does. And uh, we've already kind of cranked out two episodes and we've been getting going. And it's it's just, it's as, as Matthew Stafford would say, it's a bunch of fun. <laughs> so let's start with the basics. How many rounds are there in the draft? <laughs> <laughs> You're being quiz, bro. <laughs> Seven. There we go. I, I We had, uh, we had uh, Jim Nagy go through his whole resume and I was like, okay, so no experience, right? Okay, got it. <laughs> So, yeah, no, we do that. Kind of thing. All right, let's talk draft. There's That's the, awesome. You know the name that everybody's talking about. I think, well, there's three big names, right? I think people are talking about at number one for the Lions. Start with the biggest or number two overall with the Lions, but first round for the Lions. Start with the biggest. You know the name. What's your thoughts? Is is this the guy that everyone's scrambling for? The anti-Goff crowd. Goff's not the guy. Is Malik Willis going to come and save the universe? I mean, I don't know if he's going to come and save the universe. I mean, when you think of what he has um, currently, if he if he was to come to Detroit, he has a lot better of a su- supporting cast than anything he had uh, at Liberty, for sure. Um, he's one of those players, obviously, as we know, terrific athlete, great speed. Um, he has a thick lower body, which I think helps him, you know, on initial contact from defenders. I think it's going to help him down in the red zone for, you know, zone reads and RPOs and things like that. Um, he throws with plenty of zip. We saw the accuracy deep down the field. We saw the arm strength deep down the field. So I think he's somebody that, you know, carries himself well professionally. And I think he looks ready for the big stage. The biggest concern I have is he throws with no touch. His timing with receivers is pretty bad, and he forces himself out of the pocket a lot. And I think that is because the stuff he has around him, again, is not any good. But I will say, just to kind of, I don't, I, I'm going to say it. I got a text yesterday on the way to the pro day at Liberty that somebody was going to check out the future Detroit Lion quarterback. So take uh, it for what it is. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't buy it. I mean, the pro day thing it was crazy because you know there's no there's no coverage. And and to see the hype that came out of a pitch and catch game to me was like okay, 
this feels a lot like the smoke. This feels a lot like kind of putting some stuff out there, seeing if we can move move some draft picks around, pick up a little bit of a haul, get some uh, some other late round where where Brad seems to be more comfortable and, and better at his gig. I, I don't know. A pro day, really? This is what, what started everything on fire for Malik Willis? I mean, gosh. That's what happened hey, to Zach Wilson. Yeah. Hey, hey, exactly. remember, remember Sam Darnold throwing in the rain? Like people were like, "Oh my God, put him in the put him in Canton. Don't even draft. Just put him in Canton now." Don't see Pickett doing that. How's that worked out? Right? Yeah, it, it hasn't worked out well. No. Oh man, really? Another n- number two overall quarterback. Uh, another number two overall quarterback, Zach Wilson, last year. How's that working out for the Jets right now? Yeah. They need a quarterback. They just don't think they do. <laughs> it's it's a theme, huh? Number two QBs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, really quick, I got to thank William Myers. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, agree, creating the right culture. Players can be developed. It's Lions' way. And also, Steve Shattuck. Thank you for the super chat. He wants to ask about trade back possibilities there or not. I think we can talk about two some more, but since Steve jumped to the front of the line by throwing money at us, I can't I can't turn him down, right? I mean, God, what do you think, Russell? Trade back possibilities. Let's see. Do the Lions have any opportunity? I'm, you know, my mind goes to Atlanta as as a potential suitor, uh, especially with the show they've got going on there that starts with. Uh, well, it's not it's not a, a great show, but <laughs> they got Marcus Mariota. They like him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and they they do like Marcus, and I think they're going to probably like, you know, Matt Corral a little bit as well uh, as, you know, a potential kind of 1A, 1B, guys that can compete with each other and things like that, and and they might just be content with staying at eight. But trading up certainly makes a lot of sense with, with, you know, Detroit and Atlanta, also Carolina at six. I know, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense for some people because they don't have the draft capital as, as other teams, but Carolina, you know, just to get in front, to maybe give up, you know, future assets that Detroit could certainly use makes a lot of sense. And if Detroit moves from two to six and could still potentially land, let's say Kayvon Thibodeau or Trayvon Walker or Jordan Davis or even Kyle Hamilton, that's a win-win for this organization. And, and again, maybe there's just a lot of smoke to this number two pick being a quarterback. And they're hoping that a team like Carolina, Atlanta, bite the bullet and move up. And then just kind of the wild card would be Seattle because they have the draft capital. Yeah. They got to me the greatest haul in the history of NFL trades uh, for what they gave you, what they got for Russell Wilson, yeah. uh, which is mind boggling. It just, yeah. it just blows my mind. But the fact that, you know, Seattle could move up from nine to two, I think is, is likely um, as maybe it's more so of an outside chance probably, but I think it's, it's in the cards for sure. They're definitely hungry, but I, I mean, Carolina is definitely the ugly girl at the quarterback dance this year. Holy cow. They are standing <laughs> there alone in the corner, getting their own. Drink. They got Sam Darnold. They got, <laughs> yeah, they got, like um, what's his name? PJ. I actually like PJ Walker. Um, not as a starter, but I like him. Yeah. <laughs> he would look good for the Michigan Panthers. Yes, yes, he would. (laughs) (laughs) He really would. (laughs) All right. So after trading back, what else we got? So Malik is uh, is is the big pick right now for a lot of folks. Who else is in the in the in the cards at two for the Lions, Russell? I, I don't know why everybody's overthinking it. I mean, why why are we so off on Kayvon Thibodeau here? I, I, I don't understand a consensus top pick, you know, just a few months ago. And now all of a sudden, because he leaves the combine early, we're all kind of writing him off. And again, I, from a Lions standpoint, maybe it makes sense. You know, in the words of Dan Campbell, we don't want turds here. Maybe that's, you know, a turd comment. I'm leaving the combine because it's too long of a day. But, you know, he's got a great first step. He's very explosive. He's got great length for the position, really good blend of power and speed to his game. And when you look at this flexible lower body that he has, it's just 
what makes him a potential true number one edge rusher. Now, health was a little bit of a concern in 2021 because he battled an ankle injury, but he never missed a, you know, he never missed a game. And I think with time, his hands will become a little bit more faster and consistent. But really, it's just, you know, is this guy thinking he's the next superstar, the next diva? You know, where, where's his head at for the NFL? Because he's already kind of got the TikTok thing going. And I'm not, you know, discrediting players for social media and trying to build a brand away from football. But it does interfere with what you're trying to build within the culture of your locker room. But if it were me, and again, I'm just a, I'm just a schmuck in an office here. But if it were me, I would be looking at, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau as probably my guy. And then, you know, other than that, I'm not opposed to Kyle Hamilton. I'm going to be honest. I'm not opposed to that thought, especially if Aiden Hutchinson is off the board. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Hamilton and how he would fit. He is my number one player. Um, he would be my first choice at number two. Um, I, I'm curious because we, we talked to Mr. Bischoff last week. We've, we talked to you know, a couple weeks ago. We've, we've had some other people around that are <laughs> that are really liking him, and we've we've talked to some people that are like, oh, you can't do that. Like, where are you at with that? You, you'd be okay with him at two. I, I would be okay with him at two. I, I will say I would I would be a little hesitant. Uh, just because of some injuries that have, have transpired over the course of his career, obviously coming back from a knee injury, that's very much worth monitoring. And I think maybe that's why, you know, he didn't test as well as we thought he would. But also, you know, back in high school, he uh, blew out his IT band going for a loose ball and a basketball game. He had a broken bone in his right wrist, which prevented him from playing quarterback as a true, as a freshman in high school. So there is some concern there, but he comes from a, you know, a basketball, family. His dad played, you know, college basketball at Southern Miss, was a third round pick to the Nets in 1988. Uh, Just one of those guys that he's got, you know, professional athlete in his blood and in, 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 in who he is. And just when you watch him play, I mean, rangy defender, terrific length, great athleticism, versatile for the fighting Irish. And one of those guys that I think when you look at today's game, you need those safeties that can play as a single high safety, can be in those dual safety looks, but also can play down in the box. And I think he can do all of that. And when you pair him with, you know, Tracy Walker, that's, I mean, that's just sexy. That just sounds nice to me. I mean, talk dirty to me on a, on a Wednesday night here. <laughs> Well, all right then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, you know, this is a thing. It's so hard because of the positional value argument, but this, you know, sometimes you break the mold, and and when you do, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And making big bets like that can break, make or break careers as well. Brad yeah. Holmes is early. I don't know that he has the the uh, capital to be able to risk making a move like that. And I was for a long time, super all over the Hamilton at two thing. I just don't, if if it doesn't work, it's going to be all over. I just know that that's going to kill him. So I love Hamilton. Riz, I know you're, you're a hammy guy. I am. And and we've just got to kind of rip that idea. I think, don't we? I, I still, I still would do it. I'm, I'm not like I, I respect y'all's opinions, but I'm not. I, he's <laughs> when you like, got a chance to get the best at USA Today. What are you talking about? <laughs> when, when you can get the best player in the draft and you're not picking at the number one spot, that's a win. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, no, that's a fair point, and I mean it's it's one of those things where I, I think if. If he didn't have the knee, you know the knee injury that he's coming off of, I think we'd be talking about him potentially as the number one pick. I mean, it's 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 well, I will I will tell you that uh, there are some people who think that he still could go number one. Uh, that would be nuts. Is that a, has that ever happened? I know I'm the draft guy not, here, but has that's never happened? No. A safety at one? 
Uh, Eric Turner went two. Um, and that's my comp for him, by the way, as a physical comp. It's a little before your time. But, uh, yes. you know, 1991, he was the number two overall pick. His last year before his knee injury in 1995, he led the league in interceptions and had 159 tackles for a very good Browns team that was leaving Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then the injuries hit, and then he had unfortunately passed away. But uh, that, that guy was an impact player and at a position – where like that was that was right when that was right when Troy Polamalu was starting to come on. That was when you know you had that transition to playmaking safety became the the vogue thing rather than the playmaking corner. Yeah, and you can kind of see that coming back now. Um, although Tyron Matthews still out there. Look at what Marcus Williams, what, what kind of value he had. Look at what kind of value a Derwin James has. Look Just at you know, the lead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of really good playmaking safeties out there, and the teams that have them. The, like Jesse Bates, look at what Jesse Bates did for the Cincinnati Bengals defense. I, I know everybody gives credit to Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. but that guy, that guy was so integral in what they did and in their wins in the playoffs because he could do everything in that defense. So they didn't have to keep subbing guys out. And you never like the offense is like, I don't know what he's doing. Is he is he covering the tight end? Is he taking away my slot receiver? Is he blitzing? It, you know that that kind of a weapon. It gives you the advantage as a defensive coordinator against the offense, so you're dictating the terms of the play to them. Yep. That's not something that the Lions have <laughs> anywhere, right. and I, I want one of those, and he does that better at safety than any of the, the pass rushers do it at pass rusher, in my opinion, yeah. anyways. Yep, yep. And the other, part, the other part about it is, look, you get a quarterback and you get him on in five years with the option, it's a heck of a savings to have him on a rookie contract. You get an edge, it's a heck of a savings to have you him do. on a rookie contract. It's about $7 million if you have the, the top four safety on a five year contract. That's not a whole ton of money that you're that you're saving by grabbing him on that on that on the five year deal at number two. So it's it's I get it and he's so good, but it's it, it's hard to do. There's another guy who's starting to make the rounds and some people have him down round ten. Some people are pushing him up to the Lions. I'm hearing his name pop more and more. Trayvon Walker. Um what do you think? Where is where do you see him falling? Well, I, I'll be honest. I don't like the thought of him at number two. I think that's a way too rich for me. I mean, if we're going to freak out about a safety, I think you got to freak out a little bit on Trayvon Walker, especially with Kayvon Thibodeau sitting there. Yeah. But Walker, you know, as, as, as good as he is with, with his length, his power off the edge, he's versatile because you'll see a, a guy that's 6'5", 272 dropping into coverage, which is just crazy to me. But it's it's one of those things where he's good at it too, and he and he is good at it. He makes some really impressive plays, and and he is somebody that again can use push pull moves to to beat players like Evan Neal. But I just don't know what where he's going to play in the NFL. Is he truly going to be that versatile piece in the box that's playing in all these different spots? I don't know. I think he's best suited maybe in an odd front, or maybe he could stand up a little bit at times. But maybe he's also best suited just in that four eye in a five technique with his hand in the dirt and just kind of bullying guards and and tackles and doing those types of things. But I just at two, it's too rich for me because especially when you look at production, doesn't have a ton of production. But also when you look at his snap count, he didn't play a bunch at Georgia. This past year was the most he's ever played. And I get it. There's tons. I mean, they got like 20 defenders going in the draft this year. But there is so much there with that not defense. An <laughs> right. Not an exaggeration. Not, not an exaggeration, but there's so much depth on that team. And I get it, but he played so limited his first two years and even on this last year where it's like, why was that? And I just think it's because he's still raw. He needs time 
And if I'm picking two, I can't take a guy that's raw and needs time unless it's a quarterback. Mm, there you go. Um, yep, 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 yep. So there we go. I got to talk. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for the super chat. He wants to see Riz's gorgeous pores in 4K. I'll have to get him some filler for that. Uh, shout out to the best Lions <laughs> coverage and Slack. You need a makeup budget. Ryan's awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Also, I got a guy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Founder rolls great. in Detroit Lions podcast draft party. Let's f and go. Absolutely, we are going to have a riot at that one. All right, Riz, I'm going to give you the microphone. I've been kind of hogging yeah. this time, and I, and I that, that, that that's here. that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, I want to go to a little bit later in the draft because this is where you and I have had really good conversations in past drafts, and I, we haven't had these conversations yet this year, so I don't know where you're at on these at all. Um, Thirty-two wide receiver. Give me your like order of preference, uh, assuming that most of the guys will be there. Well, I mean, obviously, I would love to see like a, a Chris Olave or something like that there. But with the okay. Packers picking two times before us, I doubt that's going to be the case. Yeah. But a guy Agreed. that will probably be there, maybe. And after the, the news today with Tyreek Hill, I don't know if he'll be there. But Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, mm. I would love his skill set in this offense at 5'11", 184. He's a great athlete, shows really good agility, good hip fluidity, one of the best hands catchers in this draft. He's consistently catching the ball away from his body, away from his frame, which is important, especially when you've got so much you know competition and competitiveness with defenders at the catch point. So I think he can do things inside, outside. He's versatile. A thin frame worries you a little bit, but I think if he wasn't in such a deep draft class at wide receiver of really pick your flavor, I think he would be a solidified first rounder and maybe somebody we're talking about more so in the top 20. But if we could get him there at 32, I'm running to the podium. And then probably the other guy is the guy we saw down at the, at the senior bowl. And that's Christian Watson. Yeah, I mean, just great, <laughs> great lower body flexibility has great length and athleticism for the position. He can win vertically down the field. He'll, he'll have to, to improve on 50-50 balls, but I think as a true X receiver, you know, I think he's one of those guys, and if you think back a few years ago, Kenny Galladay kind of emerged as that guy out of Northern Illinois, Christian Watson might be able to do the same for the Lions. With a little bit more separation. Yeah, a little bit more separation, <laughs> athleticism. We bit. We bit. Yeah. His, uh, his, his athletics production was can I, uh, what he did at the combine was was unreal can i dig yeah. a little deeper into a guy because i know we all saw him at the senior bowl and he lit up and he had he had it, the way i kind of describe him is he has every trait you want in a wide receiver except height we're talking austin the third right i mean the guy was out there he was just fire he's just mm. short i mean he's people try to com- compare him to cleef raymond but he's way better in, in yeah. all aspects than Khalif is. What do you think of him? Do you think he has a spot down the draft board for, for the Lions? Absolutely, he does. I mean, I, I think in this game, especially with speed, you can't have uh, too many of these guys. I mean, you look at kind of the Chiefs roster, Byron Ping, Ping, uh, Pingle, uh, Tyree Kill, Demarcus yeah. Robinson, all these guys that had... Nicole Hardman, baby. <laughs> Nicole Hardman, right. I mean, they had four of these guys. You can have as many of these guys as you want. Um, and I, I think it, it matters because they can do so much. And, and Austin can do that. I mean, he's got quick feet in his releases. He's a shifty route runner. And even though he's 5'9", 162, he actually plays a lot bigger than that because you'll watch him run down the sidelines and he's high pointing the football. Now, he's not jumping higher than the defender, but he's competing. And sometimes he comes down with the catch. So uh, regardless of you know below average size for the position, he can play in a variety of spots. And also, he just he kind of reminds me of like Tariq Cohen. 
And I, I think mm-hmm. of one of those guys that maybe could come in into this offense and play similar to that role that Cohen did in the Bears with Nagy and all that. So if you could draft him in that third or fourth round, I, I say go for it. There you go. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, we'll stick into that 32-34 range because um, we'll, we'll, we'll take for uh, for fact that the, the my Kyle Hamilton dream doesn't come true <laughs> and we still need a safety. So, Daxon Hill, Lewis Seen, um, any, anybody else in that range, you know, where, where's your head at with, with the safeties in that, in that ballpark? Or even later, because I know I, I, I like some guys later. I think you do too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll start just here in the state of Michigan with, with Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. You, you know, you, you look at today's NFL, you, you know, we've already kind of talked about it. Jesse Bates, so many safeties and it, it's a deep safety group, but yeah. Daxton Hill is, is probably one of the more versatile safeties because he can play almost cornerback co- at times on the outside, which, you know, we had Will Harris do from time to time and it didn't go over. Well, it, it went better than expected, but didn't go over great. But, you know, Hill could definitely hold his own. You know, he's one of those guys that has that four, four type speed and, He's explosive athlete, again, terrific range, has the ability to kind of go sideline to sideline. He can lurk in the deep parts of the field, and it's almost like a shark in water. You know, you're just kind of waiting for him to strike, and you you need guys like that. So I, I like the aggressiveness that he has downhill, and if he's there at 32-34, I say take him. But the guy that kind of is my sweet spot is Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Yeah. I, I, I love his versatility up in the box. I like that he can play in the slot and over the top. I think he has no issues coming downhill and tackling. His technique is square, and he shows the footwork, the fluidity to to be a player that can really make a difference. And he, it's surprising. He's listed at six one one ninety nine. When he was in high school, he played power forward and center. He averaged seven point five points per game and almost nine rebounds per game, and damn near two blocks per game. How in the world was a six one one hundred ninety nine? pound player doing that. He's three on three? What are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big baller league or whatever that was, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big fan of his as well. I I love the safety class. And you go deeper. I brought up, before you came on, I brought up Reed Blankenship from Middle Tennessee as a guy that I like. There's, there's, you go even deeper, a guy like Marquise Bell, the the hard hitter. Um, There's so many good safeties. I wouldn't mind them double dipping on in this class. I'm with you. And, you know, you mentioned hard hitter Brian Cook out of Cincinnati. I mean, he might be one of the hardest hitting safeties. It's consistently boom after boom. I mean, he's just bringing it every single time. He he could definitely, you know, be a little bit more fluid in space. He could certainly get a little bit better in coverage and, and understand his landmarks and his drops. But when you think of just downhill, bringing it, aggressiveness downhill, he, he brings it. And I, I love his skill set. And I think he is somebody that... You take a flyer on, you double dip, that's your guy. Yeah. Let me ask you about one other guy because I know that the Lions met with him in Indianapolis and he got brought up in our Slack. Kirby Joseph from Illinois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lo- yeah. Lo- love, <laughs> love this guy. I, you saw him down at the Senior Bowl. You saw what he could do. He had five picks this past year. Great range for the position. You need guys like that. And I mentioned kind of shark in the water, a guy that just kind of strikes at any time. He's kind of that guy. He can float around anywhere and he's going to make a play on the football. And I think when you see that range and you see what he can do as far as just competing through the catch point, I love a guy that has that type of coverage skill. And the fact that I could potentially get him anywhere between probably rounds three and five, I'm loving it. So I I think, you know, with this draft, 
depending on what they do at two and 32 and, and 34, you know, maybe, maybe it picks, you know, 66 and in that fourth round, it could very well be like Damon Clark out of LSU and then Kirby Joseph. And I mean, just come on. I mean, you win the draft if that's your, your two picks there. (laughs) Give me, give me. me. (laughs) Let me ask you about a player, um, uh, Boye Mafe. He's he's a 32 34 available guy. I really really like Where'd my him. pants go? <laughs> <laughs> and does he make it to 32? I guess is the first question because that's that that I see it's questionable another the number of the mocks that I'm seeing, but boy if he got down there, he seems like he'd be right for the picking. Yeah, he really would be. I mean, he he almost uh he almost jumped 42 inches and his vertical um, at, at the Minnesota Pro Day. I mean, it's ridiculous what a guy can do at his size. And He's I, I 260 love, pounds. I, it's, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. I love the explosiveness with him. I, I love what he possesses as far as some of the power and speed to his game. I think he can definitely, you know, speed up his hand movements and do those types of things. You know, he's still just a little raw, a little rough around the edges, but with the David Ajabo injury, I think there's a chance that he's going to be gone by we by by the time we get to 32. You know, we might get a little run on receivers, but I think a team somewhere in the 20s is going to see him and just be like, "Hey, I got to take this guy now because he's not going to be available on my second turn, and I can't move up to get him." So, boy, Moffy somewhere you know in that 20 range would would make a lot of sense um, for for a team. Maybe maybe it's Dallas, you know, um, may, maybe it's Tennessee, maybe it's Green Bay at 28. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and and I, I'm I'm just gonna throw. I mean, there's not a lot of capital in here right now, but I mean, there's there's a deal that probably could be put together from Pittsburgh for that 20th pick. If they, I mean, cause you saw it senior bowl. I think you probably saw it as well as we did. Um, Tomlin was just madly swooning for Malik Willis. Right. Yeah. And knowing that Houston could be, could be thinking about pulling that trigger, building up the, the smoke around it right now, you get that 20th pick and then a whole, you know, whole range of those mid round picks this year and next year. I feel like Holmes could really do something with that. I, I just, I mean, it's, it's a stretch. It kind of, you don't get that sexy, number two overall pick, but I'll be honest with you. I don't think the top 10 picks this year are super sexy as far as, you know, compared to a lot of the other drafts. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely not as much uh, certainty, right? There's a lot of, I I don't know how to identify the talent. It's hard to figure out where, where the talent is. Obviously, you know, it's a pretty good defensive group. There's some really good offensive linemen, but obviously these teams in the top 10, not everybody's going to take those guys. So it could definitely push some of these guys down. And I mean, if they move from two to 20, one, my jaw would drop because yeah. I could not imagine the haul that they would get. Yep. But I yep. would like the, the the Madden player in me, as Jeff just did, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, like, <laughs> give me all that draft capital yeah, for exactly. the future. Yeah. Um, and if they took Boy Mafia at 20, that'd be awesome. I will say another player, though, would be, you know, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Yep. 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 I don't know if he'd be there at like 20, him. but I mean, man, that guy has some serious power behind him. He's getting better. He went from being a rotational player at Georgia to ACC defensive player of the year. 6'5", 254, great length, power, speed. How could you not be excited about that guy if he was there at 20 as And well? he spent the last, every week since the uh, since the end of the college season and the bowl games, he spent every week marching up the mock drafts. I mean, he was yeah. he was a guy that early on, it's like, hey, he might be available 32, 34. That's pretty cool. And then he's just tick, 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 right up. I mean, I remember the last time I was like, Riz, what do you think? He could fall there. He's like, uh, I don't know. And now there's like no way in hell, right? We just, I just watched him roll, roll right up. Yeah, that would be a great pick at 20. I would love Jermaine Johnson. 
I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Um, I want to go back to the quarterbacks for a second. We're not taking Malik Willis at two. Let's assume that. Are you taking one at 32, 34? Are you waiting till later? Are you just punting on it um, and taking a, a great punter like Matt Arisa later, later on? <laughs> best, best, punting, best punting prospect since Pat McAfee. <laughs> I, I believe it. The guy just punts absolute bombs. Um, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't punt to it, you know, to something else. If, okay. this guy, if this particular player was here, if Desmond Ritter was there, I would certainly think about it. I just, so you're a Ritter I, guy? I do like Ritter a lot. Okay. I mean, the Don't guy wins in that football box. games. Come on, you're a Ritter guy. I mean, at 32, he's making, he's like, I could make a case for him. I don't know if I'd say, yeah. you know, he's got the Ritter t-shirt and the hat and everything. Come on, leave the poor guy alone. I mean, I did write a, I did write an article about him on cover one about how he's got the goods. So okay, I could he's a Ritter guy. <laughs> so I guess I'm a Ritter guy. But, you know, he, he's, he's just, you know, a natural winner as far as in his competition, 44 career wins. I think he, he moves really well in and out of the pocket. The zone read stuff that you see from him is really impressive. And the ball does kind of pop out of his hand. Like it just, it kind of goes, but it, he's one of those guys that needs to add some muscle to his frame. The ball placement is sporadic at times and he just makes some bad decisions. Like I remember two years ago watching him against South Florida and I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like he's just throwing just terrible passes and making poor decisions. But in this offense behind Jared Goff, I, I think you give him some time. And if you take him at 32-34, I don't think it's a bad thing. And one thing that will always stick out with, with me when watching him was against, I want to say it was Houston or Memphis, one of those two teams. He was sitting on the sidelines. He had a towel over his head. He had a notebook in his hand. He was writing down notes and talking on the old-fashioned phone. And it's just one of those things where it's like, this guy grinds, and I love guys like that because I'm one of those guys. And you just got to grind. And if you put him him in this offense, maybe it works. And, I mean, they had a chance to kind of work with him, see him a little bit down at the Senior Bowl, so who knows. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm – boy, I'm 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 having a, a tough time. There's two things. One, I keep saying about golf. Goff is a guy that if you if he plays well, you didn't need to pick that quarterback, and you're not going to be in a place to pick a quarterback. If he plays poorly, then you're going to be in a place to pick a quarterback, and you can move on and, and get your quarterback next year, right? I the one thing I worry about, and this is the 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 my biggest knock on Goff is on the psychological toughness side. If you pull in a Malik Willis at two, you pull in a Ritter at 32, what does that do to his confidence this year? Do you really get a fair shake on golf? Do you really understand what you have there? And is it potential that you 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 kind of poked him where it hurt the most and you what you'll never know, you know, you'll never see the the, the <laughs> <laughs> stop it, Riz. You'll never see the potential that's really there. <laughs> that's true. That's a that's a great point. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, like I worry about the same thing because I want the guy to play well. I don't want to have to spend all these draft picks on quarterbacks. I want to just go with golf and keep it going because I thought at points last year, he managed games well. He didn't turn the football over. He made some really good decisions at times, but you know, he's obviously he's not Matthew Stafford. He's not a top tier guy, but if it works and he manages games and with how they like to run the football, that's really all you need. So if it works, maybe we roll with that. But I think the only thing that you could really justify of taking a quarterback is you just maybe want a guy that has a little bit more potential. And then also you just want to get $31 million off the books because the the dead cap money goes from 41 to 10. So, I mean, that's the only, that's, I mean, that's the only thing that I would say justifying it. That's 31 million more reasons than you had, you know, a couple days ago. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, we got uh, nemesis breaks. Don't poke golf in the tenders. Go ahead. (laughs) Please don't put your pocket away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. 
man. Um, so th- a couple of mock drafts lately have come out um, projecting Evan Neal, Charles Cross, um, other offensive linemen to the, the Lions at two or any trade back, even one where they traded back and, and got um, – I, I think it was actually Cross. Do you see that as a viable possibility at all? No, I don't. I, I really okay. don't. I, I think if they would have – if they were considering that, I think we, and again, maybe, maybe it will come up within time, but I think we would have probably heard more chatter of, you know, potentially moving Taylor Decker or something like that. Mm-hmm. But to double down on offensive tackle and back-to-back drafts, I just don't see that being the case, especially in the top 10. So, I mean, if it happens, it's a safe pick. I'm okay with it, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. This is one of the things that's so Lions, too, as far as Lions timing, right? After picking 373 different offensive linemen, we have a real fat offensive lineman draft here. And it's like, oh, no, none of those matter. And the rest are right. kind of like, I'm like a little dodgy about everybody else. on I'm like, what the hell? Like, why? Why is it like this? Oh, we're picking two. Let's go get a, oh, what are we looking at? A quarterback, right? It's it's always this kind of out of cycle stuff for the Lions. Ah. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you? Let's go just with your head. We've we've asked you about a bunch of players. Mock out one thirty two and thirty four. Where do you think the Lions go? What's your What's your? If you're putting Brad Holmes hat on, you're sitting there. You got you got Dorsey chirping in one ear. You got Dan screaming around, talking about you know biting kneecaps and and, and probably eating chicken wings, bone and all on the other side of you, drinking coffee. You got to make a decision. What are you gonna do, Rob? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go uh, at at two. I'm gonna go Kayvon Thibodeau. I I just I think I think the upside is is too good to kind of pass by and just who he is. I mean, we all know who he is. I, I'm gonna go with that guy and and hope that going back to the Oregon well will work well with me and and maybe Panay Sewell will work with him and get him you know get his head right and keep him level headed at least for the next five years. But uh, next to that, I mean, if Jahan Dotson is there, uh, that would be my guy at 32. I, I'm going to add another receiver just to the mix because I, I need to have a, a good receiver in the mix. And then at 34, you know, one of these safeties, I have to take one of these safeties at 34, whether it's Hill, Brisker, one of those two guys I think should be there. And if one of them are there, I'm going to take one of them. Um, but beyond that, I will say, the only question mark I have at either one of those spots is where's Nicobe Dean? Because I don't know where his draft stock is going to be. And if he is there, I'm running to the podium and I'm taking him because that's my guy. I think he's a top 10 player in this class. I think he's the number one linebacker in this class. And I get it. You know, he's getting knocked for not running and doing, you know, stuff at the pro days and in combine. But, and it's, it's a little goofy, but if he ends up being there at 32, like Daniel Jeremiah predicted, I, I'm I'm screaming on every stream I'm on on draft night. Yeah, yeah. I I'm all, all I, I I don't disagree with you on Dean, but I, I just want to go back. I'm all in on Brisker. I I like this guy, and as much as I fell in love with Hamilton, and I'm just having a hard time with safety at two and Riz. He's like probably calling me waffle pants or whatever. But I'm just I'm I'm, I'm not. I like waffles. <laughs> <laughs> well, eat my shorts. Uh, I just can't go. <laughs> I just can't go into the whole <laughs> the whole thing full bore yet. So if we want wind up without Hamilton too. I'm all in on Brisker. Thanks for setting that up, Riz, man. That's been the best one all day. <laughs> Walk face first into that one. <sighs> oh, boy. Like you would his yeah. pants if they were waffles. Uh, apparently, yes. That, that's apparently so. Extra so, set. yeah. Grab the nozzle, keep tugging. There'll be extra syrup like, coming. <laughs> okay, we're going all wrong here. I'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> 
we don't, we don't want to scare we don't want to scare off our, our wonderful guests because we want them to come back at some point um, and and talk with us <laughs> again because you, you've done you've done a great job we, we've enjoyed having you yeah. please check out his stuff at Woodward Sports cover one I know it, it, it you, you get unfairly lumped in as a Bills guy with that you guys yeah. do great it's it's really good quality work like it's. It's written from a perspective of the Bills, but it's really good information overall. Um, I, I, I love you guys. You, uh, you, Thank you. And, and, and most, most, for the most part, most people there have forgiven me for my Josh Allen takes, and I appreciate that. Uh, no, they, they, there was someone <laughs> hey, who didn't they, in the chat already. <laughs> yeah, they don't forgive me for mine. I compared him to ketchup and, and, uh, and bologna sandwiches. So, you know, he's... Uh, he he was not great at the senior bowl, but it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. We we move on. You learn. You, when you, you live and you learn. You, if you don't learn from your mistakes, then you're not living. That's right. Exactly. Russell exactly. Brown wants Ritter for the Bills. We got that locked in right now. <laughs> He's a Ritter Bills guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. Want to so okay, we'll, we'll, we'll right go over the for the Bills. Sorry. Who do you want them to take in the first round? I mean, the dream scenario for them would be Jamison Williams. I just think him in that offense would be so fun. And it's just somebody like I just did a Bills podcast for them over at Cover One. And it was like, if he's there at 25, you just imagine this offense real quick. Dawson Knox running up the seam, Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs in the, in the slot. And I'm, I'm, I'm going five wide here. And then and then we're going those guys in the slot, Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Williams, all that speed on the outside. We're running four verts, and one of those guys underneath is going to be there. And if not, McKenzie or, or uh, Williams will be available. So I would love to see one of the receivers for them. But if not, I've been on the, the bandwagon for a while. They need to get another cornerback. I don't want to see them do what our Lions did to Darius Slay, neglect the cornerback for you know position for so long because yeah. you had a true number one corner. Go get another guy. And if that's Andrew Booth Jr. or Roger McCreary or you know Trent McDuffie or Kyler Gordon, one of those guys should be there, and if they are, take that guy. Is Cole Beasley still – is he signed anywhere, or is he still out in the parking lot coughing up a lung? Yeah, he's coughing up lungs. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Russell Russell Brown, now with Woodward Sports. Congratulations to that, man. Really, really good Thank deal. Thank you, guys. Good to have Very you in the cool. DEC, a lot more around town doing your thing. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Take care. Be safe out there and uh, go Lions. All right, buddy. All right. Be well. Thanks, Thanks a lot man. for all your insights, man. Yeah. All right. Russell Brown, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Got it rocking and rolling. I love him. He's a cool guy. I like that guy. We we, we spent some time with him in Mobile. Um, at uh, he, was, he was present when I was eating my donut burger, <laughs> and uh, he's still my friend, so I, I appreciate that. <laughs> at the Loda. <laughs> Getting the lowdown at the Loda. Yeah, that was good, good. All right. Um, yeah. we got- I disagree with him on the Kobe Dean, but other than that, he, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. Yeah, but, you wouldn't you know, Kobe I, Dean at second, right? Second overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my my issue with that is is that there's so many guys there. I don't need a. I don't need that linebacker that early. I, I'm I'm going later. Nothing against Nakobe yeah. Dean. One of the things that I learned in talking to somebody who knows Nakobe a little bit is how ridiculously smart off the field is, and that. Like he got his mechanical engineering degree in three years. Like that—that's saying something to me. Like, okay, this 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 is a guy. Wow. 
Yeah, that's yeah. like like it, it, it. Honestly, it elevated my grade for him. Quite yeah. frankly, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that shows that, like my my brother was a mechanical engineer. My wife is a chemical engineer. Like it's like that's a very rigorous thing, and he's playing football at a massively high level, yeah. doing all that. Like, yep. dude, th- that that's a guy who knows how to work. <laughs> a guy who I I respect extremely highly for his intelligence and his approach. He just did a five year job on getting his chemi, and uh, I mean I. I pff, I'm like, man, it took five. That's that. That's what it freaking takes. If it took, this yeah, because he's smarter than <laughs> he. He knows who he is. He's the slack. He's yeah, guy. yeah. So that um, that that makes me feel better about Dean. Uh, yeah. And honestly, it did it did it did raise my grade on him and yeah. raise my overall opinion of him. Yeah, you know, I believe because, it. I yeah. Believe it. All right, let's really quick hit on quarterbacks. Um, there's been we'll a lot of I, really quick. I want to say this about the number two pick. I think there's one thing that I am absolutely 100 percent certain on about the number two pick. It's absolutely nuts, and about a third of the fan base, maybe two thirds, are going to be unhappy with whoever we pick because they're so divided. I don't know. Maybe is it trifurcated? <laughs> it's there. There's three different, four different people that they want, and I just, whew, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I don't know that you're going to get that sense of celebration this year with the second overall pick from the Lions. It's not because it's a bad choice. It's because there's no clear winner choice at this position and a lot of people have a lot of opinions so prepare there, there's only coming. one pick that they would make that would disappoint me and i won't share that until they make it or don't until they don't make it yeah there you go all right um really quick you're worried about what they're gonna pick you know you have pain anxiety and insomnia all hitting at once you want relief head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com get yourself some healing love from Diamond CBD. That's the greatest stuff out there. Working out, use the cream. It's the killer stuff. I use that a lot. They also have regular CBD oils and stuff that will take care of all three of those things and still allow you to pass a drug test. It just takes care of your problems, gives you the relief, lets you get your sleep that you want. I got a sleep app I use, and it's like the Deep Z's sleep. It's it's some of the best stuff out there for sleeping, for sure. Helped me out a lot. And then there's the Active CBD and the Delta 8 that if you're just in it for the buzz and maybe some of the other stuff, too. Because it's not a it's not a paranoid buzz. It's a good buzz. It's a good chill buzz. Uh, melt you right into your couch. Uh, active <laughs> active CBD or Delta Eight, depending on what's legal in your state. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get high, get better, take care of your head, and shake off the pain out of those muscles after you work out. There you go. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. I don't even read these. This is just magic coming out of my mouth. I, I now have um, Black Sabbath's "Paranoid" stuck in my head. I oh, love that song. Nice. That's a good song. Good song. That's one of the first ones I learned on guitar. All right. First one a lot of people learn on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke on the waters first. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tommy Lee learned that on the accordion. I, I learned that once upon a time. Was that in Dirt? It was not. Dirt was, it was in It was in there like behind the music when he was talking about um, becoming a Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> Dirt was a great movie. Dirt was absolutely great. That, it the, was. The opening 10 minutes was just like stunning. And then I was just glued to it for the rest of it. It was awesome. All right. Oh, the debauchery of the 80s. We've moved on, thankfully. <laughs> oh, we have, have we? Uh, quarterbacks. A lot of movement around the, league, around the league. There's been some more movement recently. Russell Wilson to the Bronx. We're recapping a little. Aaron Rodgers to the Packers. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Commodes. Uh, Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. This could be dangerous for a couple of years, couldn't it? It's it's wild to me that all of these big name quarterbacks have moved and a lot of them moved voluntarily or or made their decisions like like Russell Wilson. It's done. Let's, it's run its course like 
You're not you're not seeing like like Pittsburgh ran Penn Roethlisberger into the ground, and and I get why they did, and they did to their credit, they did try to get replacements for him, but like Drew Brees, they kind of ran him into the ground. Now they they did they did bring back Jameis Winston, which I think is a good move. I think he's the best fit that they can get, um, and and. You know, we'll see what Jameis would get. I happen to like Jameis. Um, he makes a lot of weird decisions, but I think he's also a pretty good quarterback. Like uh, he's he's in the same tier as Jared Goff right. for me. Yeah. And you can, again, you can win with that guy if you have a good cast around him. But don't just don't ask him to win the games by himself. Just um, especially him specifically because he will make mistakes if you ask him to do that. Just don't dump um, and jump in the Uber with him, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get around crab legs either. Yeah, you know, it's crab legs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate that he gets remembered for his worst moments. Everybody's had a really good career. Come on, OBJ, <laughs> the Cleveland Steamer. I mean, gosh. All right, let me. That's ask not you. a true story. <laughs> I um, know, I know, yeah. I know, but it still sticks. I want to make sure it does. Uh, Baker- as a Cleveland Steamer. Would. <laughs> <laughs> well. Baker Mayfield, thinking of the Cleveland Seamers. <laughs> um, my guy. There's a segue, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I feel I feel bad for the guy. I really do. I feel genuinely bad for him for how that played out. I think he seems like a pretty decent dude, like outside of the game. But I mean, here you're sitting with you got Carolina again, the ugly girl at the school dance, standing alone in the corner. And you got Baker Mayfield, the guy who's pretty awkward and, you know, his, his, his feet are too big and he's got braces and whatever and a bad haircut. They're match made in heaven. I mean, what's going on? They, they would be. But then yesterday the report comes out and it, this, it was worded exactly this way. Mutual disinterest in being <laughs> together. What, have you ever heard that before? Like, we don't want to know. We, we don't want you. Like, wow. <laughs> like, that's, that, that's wildly harsh from an NFL standpoint. Like, you're never going to hear a team slam a guy more than saying we have mutual disinterest. In, like, we, don't, we don't want him. Like, that's what they're saying. And then Baker is saying that he doesn't want to go there. And quite frankly, I understand both sides of that coin. Yeah. Like, Baker... I think, and I did. I did a radio show this morning. I did, did it with Bobby Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, um, and we were talking about the Browns and what you do with Baker. And fourteen months ago, he was the king of Cleveland. He won their first playoff game since nineteen ninety four in Pittsburgh. Played great. Played really well in the next game. They had the Chiefs beat if the officials call a helmet-to-helmet hit uh, that, that happened by Dirty Dan Sorensen against against Richard Higgins. If the refs call that, the Browns beat the Chiefs. Like, there's no question about it. That 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 play literally would have ended the game for them. What? And the and heck? now he's now he's a pariah. Like like even the the guys who liked him in Cleveland, they're like. Go, dude, just go away. Don't go, man. Just go away. What's wrong with that market? For you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is wrong with the, the fickle? I mean, I've ne- that was the first place I saw Jersey burn, Jersey's burn, and LeBron thing, right? Um, oh. And then and, and and Baker. I mean, they just throw away. They crap upon anybody, current player or, or former. I, I don't know. If, it, it, I would never want to me. wind up so, in Cleveland for any reason. As a player, ba- Baker brings a lot of it on himself because he doesn't know when to shut up, and he didn't play all that well, even when he was healthy last year. He really played poorly when he was hurt, mm-hmm. and there, there, 
I blame the Browns as much as I blame Baker for that. Um, there's no way in the world he should have been playing. I think that the organization deserves more criticism than they're getting for playing him when they had gone out and signed Case Keenum as a the desired backup, the highest paid actual backup quarterback in the NFL. Why do you do that and you don't play him? Like, that's stupid. Um, but... Like there's there's nowhere for Baker. The only other place he can go is Seattle. Seattle has made it pretty clear they're going after a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Whether it's Malik Willis or or Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett, like they're gonna have a court. They're gonna have a rookie there. You look at the treasure that's flying around for friggin' Tyree Kill for wide receivers for a team to get to their quarterback that they want in the draft. It doesn't seem like trading the trade numbers to get to number two are that crazy. It just doesn't seem like that's out of out of bounds. For give what's going. give me numbers. number nine, DK Metcalf, in your first next year, and you can have number two. Oh God, yeah. Oh my. Oh, dude, my pants just, <laughs> they're in the shot into next week. Are you kidding me? Now I got to fly naked. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, all day I would take that. And and for them, that's not a big that's not a big spend. You know what I mean? No, because they they've got all those all that draft capital that they can use. They they're going to be aggressive. So the the long and short of it is they're not in the Baker business. Houston came out and said. We like Davis Mills better than we like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like, who likes Davis Mills better than ba- like well, somebody Pat who's Hamilton. drafting a quarterback? That's who says oh, yeah. that. <laughs> no, they're not. Like, well, yeah, they might. So, yeah. They're they're not. They're not taking one at three. Mm. I, I can guarantee you that. Mm. They're 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 well, they are they the four for Aiden Hutchinson. They pick at thirteen. So I guess yeah yeah, yeah they yeah, do. Yeah. They could take they could take Kenny Pickett there. But I I I will just tell you they really really like Davis Mills. <laughs> in in a in a manner that you would not rationally believe that they anyone would like a guy like that they really do so and, and, no he, uh, to his credit he was better than I thought he'd be he's very green but he showed that you know he's, he's ripening like a nice little banana so I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crap on him for it perfect time for WM two to come in with the pants are off ripening like a nice little banana. All right. Well, Baker Mayfield. Wow. That's uh, that's an exciting. I, so, so the the latest rumor that I heard from someone in Cleveland today was that the Chicago Bears had some interest in acquiring him for a song, basically as insurance. And one of the understandings is is that it's Justin Fields' team, and Baker would have to agree to that. But it would also give Baker t- – look, Baker has one year left on his contract at $18.9 million. That's part of the problem in trading for him is that you're paying him that this year. He has to get that much as his fifth-year option, and then he's a free agent. So it, it's a really it's – a, it's a very odd time for him to become available like that. Can so that Ch- Chicago could do it as insurance, but they also have to have that insurance. So I don't – I don't necessarily buy that, but I've heard it, the and I, second, I feel obligated to at least mention that. The, the the second Fields wobbles, the screams for Mayfield are going to start, and you're going to have just an absolute uh, – just a, yeah. a, a, a cluster bomb on your hands. Oh, my God. The other place that really makes that. sense, <laughs> and it's the, the, the most ironic thing ever, is Pittsburgh, where they signed Mitchell Trubisky. That the only other quarterback they've got is Dwayne Haskins. Dude, that guy's terrible. Um, I missed on that one, by the way. Oh, um, that would be fun. That would is be Baker fun. Mayfield better than than Mitchell Trubisky? He will be Probably. in two games a year. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, those would be that right. Oh my god. The thing is, is that Pittsburgh like they hate him in the way that Detroit fans hated 
Scottie Pippen. Right. Like, like, like that, that Joker's riding Michael Jordan's coattails. Get him out of there. Wayne Beard, go, go sock him in the face. Mahorn, bump him into the third row. God, I love go that. do that. Like, he's he's really, really reviled. And the fact that the Pittsburgh, like, if, they, if they're not getting Malik Willis, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I, I, I understand the people who are connecting those dots. But yeah, so so there, there's a lot of talk about Detroit, and this is something that Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk brought up because John Dorsey was the guy that drafted him. Right. I think that shows a fundamental misunderstanding on Florio's part of how the Detroit Lions are run these days. It, it misrepresents what Dorsey is within the organization. He's not the primary decision maker. He's not even the secondary decision maker. He's part of the cluster that makes the decision. He's a strong voice of reason. That's, he is. Really, he is. And he, so he is the guy. Uh, he is the guy who's pushing the gas. He's the guy who's saying we need to go out and get somebody. That that's that's what he does. Mm-hmm. That and that and they have done that. They did it with DJ Shark. They. Uh, I will tell you. I don't know this for a fact, but I have a pretty darn good idea that he's the reason why Chris Board is there. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. Our number and, one ranked PFF linebacker. Let's take right, you know, celebrate right. it, ladies uh, and gentlemen. So the other thing is, is that we, we've talked about this, and I've gotten feedback from within the Lions that this is true, that they're not interested in a lateral move from Jared Goff. And at this point right now, Baker Mayfield would be a lateral move. It might be like slightly going up. Um, and I, I just all things being equal, this is a conversation I had with Jeremy Reisman on Twitter. All things being equal, I would take Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff, but all things aren't equal because you've got contracts that play in this. You've got chemistry. You've got, you've got the, the dynamics that the Goff already has. Like Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. He's not the easiest guy to play with. He's not an easy guy to be a teammate with. He's not the easiest guy in the world to coach. That goes back to to Texas Tech. Um, there's a, there's a lot of worries that you would have about that, yeah. and that's Where was, it's not worth it's not worth it. And I I don't think that there's a, I'll say this. I have heard nothing on that from either side of that coin. Nothing from the Lions and nothing from the Browns that there's any interest at all in sending Baker Mayfield to Detroit. Or, or Detroit acquiring Baker Mayfield. That's something that somebody just made up because they're connecting a dot and didn't do enough homework on it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Was he in a hotel room that he grifted his way into covering something on TV? All right, let's uh, move on to um, – we had oh, Russell Brown today. That was great. Appreciate his coverage. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, last bit, um, breakdowns. Yeah, great breakdowns coming. We got uh, Chad uh, Muma, Jojo Doman, and Quay Walker coming up this week in linebackers on Friday. Ooh, Jojo Doman, I'm interested. Yeah, good stuff coming from Colin. He has great, great coverage for us. Uh, every Friday and every Monday, he will have his stuff. We will back, be back next Wednesday with the sexiest show on your internet dial. I don't know. Um, Riz and I, it'll be a little different. Um, These are good, by the way. I'm going I'm to give 7-Eleven a plug. These are really good. No doubt. Better than the body armor things. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, let's see. Number two, I think we covered everything. Oh, the draft party. We got to talk about that. Draft party coming up on draft day. We'll cover round one, round two, and three on day two. It's always a good time. Have Sandman on board. Uh, we got that going on. And there's something coming that I can't tell you yet, but it's going to be gigantic. It is going to be so cool. Just a little sneak peek here. I'll bring it up again for those that weren't here. Earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's more than just a little bit of merch. It's more than a little bit of a connection. It's uh, 
it's it's a lot. It's a lot. We're going to do something good, and you guys can really, really, really do something cool. So, this is this is something you've never seen anybody else do because that's what we do. We do sh- we do it first. I'll tell you that much. All right, that's what we got going on. That's the show this week. We thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining us. Uh, remember. Uh, we're on Patreon and all that Patreon support. We love it. Also, we love your Super Chat support. We're putting that for because we're using Super Chat because that's the folks that are watching us on YouTube. That's the folks that get the big benefit of the video. Any of your Super Chats are putting towards this $3,500 upgrade to do 4K streaming. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but we want to bring you the best. We want to take it to the next level because that big screen is going to give us so much more to do with and you get to count the pores on Riz's face. Who doesn't want to do that? Um, but if you can, if you want to just support and you want to hang out with some great, great people, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You'll get access to the Slack with a minimum of a $5 donation a month. Um, it is the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet, bar none. Great conversations going on. Love the stuff we got going on there. Great, great group of people. Um, I'm, I'm coming to town and one of the guys paying me, hey, you're coming to town? Let's go to dinner. Okay, we're going to dinner. Cool. Um, great. I mean, it's access for people that want to hang out with us. You get access. We're there every day talking. And there's a great group of people. You're going to get sick of hearing us and talking to them. You're going to love talking to them instead because really smart, thoughtful group of people. Love, love the Slack. If you want to get access again, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. $5 a month uh, donation there helps you out. And it helps us do the show, right? It's it's our way to kind of give something back. With all these things we do, we try to make sure you get something out of the deal. It's not just to send us money and we'll go watch TV for you. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, and at Jeff Risden. You see it right there, spelled right on the screen. It's perfect. Right. Jeff Risden and the at right DET Lions Podcast. Give us the follow. We got all kinds of great stuff going on there. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line at 929 33 Lions. It's 929-335-4667. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why? Why, Riz? Why do you want to subscribe? Because I want to come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for joining us today. We really appreciate you all. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.